first sort of key question is is you know not uh, evie this is your life and then the old <laughs> oh really uh, i'd quite like a this is your life <laughs> well you know I, I mean it's all it is i find it always interesting for people who are listening to actually understand how, how you know pre becoming uh, i suppose a vc working for yeah. what was that journey yeah absolutely and mine looks a bit different um than your typical and although I did work in investment banking through law, it's not your the typical necessary path to VC. And, and when I joined Astia 13 years ago, Astia wasn't investing ourselves. So I didn't even see that in my trajectory when I joined Astia. Uh, so I started my career as a finance lawyer here in the UK. I worked in private practice and, and in-house at Barclays Capital Investment Bank. So I worked in M&A and transactions. So I've been around high growth companies um, and finance. The Barclays then the jump to Astio or was there a little sort of- No, I went back to private practice Osborne Clark and, okay. and then I moved to Silicon Valley thinking I'd carry on being a lawyer um, <laughs> uh, and doing like, that. Oh, I'm gonna, right, I'll go. Yeah. Why not? I think lawyers. <laughs> I think lawyers. Are, <laughs> yeah, I'll pack a bag and go. But I think lawyers are very. Um, we don't see ourselves as having transferable skills, even though we have such transferable skills, right? So everything I learned um, as a lawyer in training and then when I was practicing post qualification, I had an amazing partner that I worked under. So huge credit to him. But I use all those skills every day now. And but I think when you're uh, we have a very closed view of ourselves as a lawyer um, and actually it's a fantastic grounding but yeah so I went to Silicon Valley thinking I'd carry on being a lawyer um, and landed and be like surrounded by all this innovation and, and exciting companies and just the ecosystem there and I'd be like why would I want to <laughs> why would I want to be a finance lawyer and never leave my office um yeah so and, the and hours what, what, what year was this Evie what year it was 2008 okay Good, yeah. a good time to go yeah um <laughs> kind of interesting few years isn't it yeah. wasn't it um kind of in the economy break it break and then reshape i probably uh yeah yeah, yeah. And, it, and it so the in the valley the aspiration was it was it kind of, did you go with the law firm and then or did you just kind of i'm gonna go um, to the valley and and see what what i can do and where, no, where, my husband, um, okay. uh, this makes me sound very, uh, <laughs> not as strong as a woman as I actually am, but my husband transferred his job there. We worked yeah. at the same law firm. Uh, he worked in commercial. So the whole office there is to set up to work with American yeah. companies. So my finance background was not the relevant skill that they were looking for. So I actually moved over with him um, oh. and met Sharon, the CEO of Astia at the time that the organization, she was really looking to expand beyond Silicon Valley across the US, but also into Europe. So I joined her at that point. Um, and when you meet Sharon, you'll realize that once you met her, she's extremely inspiring and engaging. And yeah, we have a very long standing team because you can't, you can't leave because you're so inspired by what she's leading. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and yeah. And field house, field house will back me up here because they connected <laughs> us to you, and they we have known the field house people for ten plus years as well. So they okay. they know the same story. 
Okay. And and then and Sharon um founded Astia 20 years ago. She wasn't or... the founder, she's okay. the third executive. Um okay. but yeah. her passion for what um Astia stands for and our values and our mission yeah. is often um leads people to think that she were, was the founder. She has been there since 2004 but no it was actually founded by um, Kate Muther the CMO of Cisco at the time it went public she realized that women weren't participating at the levels that she was within her organization but also peer organizations and um, despite being qualified despite having the skill set experience etc so mm -hmm. she did um, a number of things with her personal worth at the time but one of those was to set up Astia and um, 20 years ago as you rightly say so that's why we have such a strong mission and values around working with and now investing in companies that include women in the executive team okay get it get it get it and and I mean look you know the um, I think the really interesting thing about Astia is, you know, we, we've seen probably a number of funds, I suppose, not become copycats, but there has been a, a, a trend line, obviously, as mm -hmm. more, and more VCs look to um, have that unique uh, aspect of the way they invest naturally yep. and rightly so there has been a trend in probably the last five years towards i suppose the principles that astia stand for which yeah you know, if, if i was um, a founder who, who's listening or watching today um what would those um those those kind of magnets that you or, or those those kind of like the the the, the thesis or the uh, what you stand for, what what magnets would be pulling those founders in? Yeah, so ultimately our investment thesis as a fund um, is that we invest in women um, and that's our investment strategy, that inclusive teams outperform. Uh, the data shows that and our 20-year history certainly shows that. And, and we, as an organization, we're very different to your usual venture capital fund. And as we've talked about, we're 20 years old. We've worked with high growth companies that include women and um, for those 20 years in different ways, but we've built up an exceptional community that we surround our entrepreneurs with. Um, but also just the experience of working with those teams and um, it, it, they do look different um, and they are different. So we have the experience of doing that. Um, but also Astia, because of how we are founded, we're very entrepreneur centric. So our values lie in being entrepreneur centric. We value women as leaders. And I think the 20 years really, you're right, more funds have come online over the last five plus years that focus on this too. Um, and absolutely key, to, quite frankly, to the high growth ecosystem, because as we all see and read for the last 20 years, the amount of venture capital that's actually deployed into these teams is so woefully low, it's embarrassing. Um, and I'm delighted that others are joining us in, in doing it. And um, we have always been about collaboration at Astia. That's another one, one of our values. Um, and for the teams that we are investing in, 
um, great to hear that others are joining us as well in that in the investment thesis whether it's their core thesis or whether it's just part of their investment process but venture capital really you know the process of venture capital really needs to change to be able to pour capital into those companies and so funds that are looking at things in different ways like we are and absolutely glad to see more and more of them in the market well one of the things that i was interested in as you kind of alluded to there, the process is about the expert sift. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us about that. It it looks really (laughs) interesting. So, Yeah. So what we have built over our 20 years is this process, the the Ask the Expert Sift. So we have used that all through our history, whether we were um, an an incubator, an accelerator, even before investment days, we used this process to select the companies that we would work with pre-investment. And we now use that process um, to help us source and screen the companies that we consider for investment, both on the fund and our direct investment program programs. Uh, So it's something that we've developed um, and enhanced over 15 years, but it's really at its core is making sure that we are eliminating bias in the investment process as much as we we can. Um, I think we all acknowledge that within the community, but certainly the three of us here on this call, um, acknowledge that bias exists in in every walk of life, but certainly in venture capital. Um, And what we've done at Astia is put a stake in the ground that we need to change that. And our expert sift is our mechanism for doing that. So sourcing and screening deals to make sure that we are eliminating bias. So we use a very curated community and um, the Astia expert community. So our Astia advisors, there are over 5,000 Astia advisors. And so we make sure that that group is diverse and spe- not just gender, but race, geography, age, sector, background, their skills, to make sure that it's not just the four of us that sit on the fund team, investment team around the, our table, that it's our network, but it's this huge network of people that are helping source the the companies that we take a look at, but then also help us screen those companies, that it's not just the four of us on the investment team that are helping us look at whether these companies are the right companies to be investing in. So the the process takes companies um, through various different levels of the SIFT. We check as an executive executive team right at the start to make sure the companies meet some basic criteria in terms of that it does have a woman in a, in a position of equity and influence. It is pursuing high growth and it has some element of traction. Um, but other than that, we make sure that we are not touching it as a team until the expert SIF does its job and produces the shortlist of company, you know, funnels the companies mm-hmm. down to a shortlist that then the investment team and our, and our direct investors um, take a look at from that point. So, so we make, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, did, did that start as a manual process and then it became automated and you guys developed internal tools to do all of that or uh, how does that yeah. work? So it absolutely was very manual. It was very time consuming. When I joined, it was spreadsheets. It was, you know, it was. It took so much of our internal resources to make sure that we were doing to doing it, and um, to actually. But now, thankfully, um, due to two of our community members, um, David and Sylvia, who built us um, our own platform, Astia Connect. So it sits on top of Salesforce and it uses Google for security but they built us our platform so that now we're able to really um, you know, deliver at scale. So last year we saw a billion, over a billion US dollars worth of opportunity go in the top of the funnel. 
And just in the first half of this year, we've seen over 2 billion. So we really needed to move across from spreadsheets. Yeah. You, you can't really you know, process that on, on spreadsheets. So yeah, kudos to David and Sylvia for moving those over to Astia Connect and all the hard work that they continue to do. So it's now um, automated. And is there machine learning in there as well that, you know, is, I'd be curious to see if there are any interesting insights that came out of the machine learning aspect, if it exists. Yeah, so we don't have machine learning necessarily because we still are utilizing the Astio advisor and, you know, it's their expertise that we're utilizing through this. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's certainly learnings that we have made by looking at and analyzing the data. So we do that um, with our board of trustees and that's something slightly different to other venture funds because our investment activity sits under a not-for-profit. You know, there's governance mm. procedures in place. We have a board of trustees. Anyway, I'm digressing. But, um, you know, we analyze that data very seriously as a team, but also with our board to make sure that we're any learnings that we can take from it, uh, we do. So four years ago, uh, time is difficult to con- um, calculate yeah. <laughs> after COVID. Well, we're in um, 2019, so come back from that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so four years ago, we realized that actually, whilst the expert SIF did a really good job of making sure we had diverse companies from a racial perspective, what we had was a problem at the point of investment. And um, so we did a number of things at that time to, to really highlight the fact. And um, so this is one of the, learn- this is why data is great, right? Mm-hmm. That we can really look into the data. We can see that the amount of companies, the, the percentage of companies with um, executives from a racial perspective is the same at the top as it is from the bottom. But within the portfolio, we had zero at the time that we were doing this analysis, which is interesting, hid- hideous, yeah. hideous. Um, but what we are good at at Astia is making sure that we you know, learn from the data that we have from our 20 year history. So now we've changed that. We had some lots of difficult conversations, which we're not afraid to have. And, um, you know, when you when you're dealing with under, you know, underrepresented teams, you have lots of difficult conversations. This is not all male, white guys um, around the table. So it, it, we have had to do things differently and it's not always easy. Um, it's not always an easy conversation. So that certainly wasn't an easy conversation to get started. But what we are proud of the fact is that we had the conversation and things have changed since. And when we talk about women at Astia, we certainly mean all women. It's not just white women. Because I think a lot of things and um, initiatives, investment into women within high growth ecosystem can often benefit white women whereas we need to be benefiting all women and well, so yeah. kudos because it is definitely challenging to confront your biases in a non-judgmental way and then also helping mm. others to confront their biases so yeah a dicey it, environment sometimes so kudos to that it is it is it is difficult but without having those conversations we're not going to change things are we so yeah yeah, yeah. So, thank you so Evie, practically speaking, if yeah. um, uh, okay, we we have the the bright flashing lights. Astia does this. Um, if I am a female founder and I mm-hmm. would like you to, uh, I'm attracted to those bright flashing lights. How how does that work? Do is is it is it? Do I have to find this expert? Do I have to apply via a, a general sort of? process what what how, how, how do we find each other 
Yeah, so we find our entrepreneurs in two ways. One, if you're an entrepreneur that's heard of us, you can submit your materials on our website. No introductions needed. Uh, so astia.org, apply, and you can submit your materials. We look at every single company that applies. And, and then, and we do. We okay. do. As a team, as a team, we look at every single company. Um, and then we also... Do you respond to those companies? Or yeah. I often have people who, uh, you know, obviously Anthony and I and Paolo and on the advisory side of our business, you know, you have that classic. Uh, I, I blind applied to 300 VCs and how can you help me if I'm, I'm already in touch with all of them? And I'm like, mm, you kind of are not actually that you might be in touch with some of them but you perhaps might have better or you know it's it's perhaps better to have a, a an intro but a warm um, intro but, a, a but warm one, of intro. Comments, yeah. Yeah, one of the comments that they they you know they do come back with and i feel i really feel for founders is that some of the some of i'm not naming names but there's certain people in the they just never hear back from and, yeah. and it kind of and they've done the big you know the, the, you know, I've seen some of the forms. They're extensive. They take yeah. hours, yeah. maybe days, to complete, and they hear nothing. And it's kind of yeah. is it just the person at the end. I mean, they're kind of they've done their research. They know that they're they're right for that fund. They they're SaaS, they're B two B, and or they're you know cybersecurity, or they're you know they're female led, and they just get nothing. And I just feel yeah. really feel for founders when that happens. But obviously, you're in the good camp. Well, hopefully, and we try to improve. I'll tell you about one of the improvements we've implemented recently. But, um, but yeah, like VCs don't charge for entrepreneurs to submit their materials to them. But obviously, time time is money when you're um, a growing business. Yeah. So it's really important that we try to be as investors as transparent as possible. Um, so yes, we do. Every company that applies will have an email to say thank you for the submission. And then once we've looked at it to assess it against those three basic criteria I mentioned earlier, they will get a, we've looked at looked at your company, yes, you fit um, the criteria and we're moving on to the next stage. And as they go through the SIFT, they get updates in terms of where they are. And it might take a couple of weeks in a section of the SIFT, but they will always know how they've done at that section and, and if they're moving forward. And even if they don't move forwards to the next part of the expert SIF process, they can log into the Astia Connect, um, our platform that I mentioned that we operate all this on, and they can see all the feedback that we leave. So all our advisors' feedback gets made available to the entrepreneurs. So it's all anonymized and ag aggregated so that our advisors feel that they can and leave um, you know, honest and, and helpful feedback. But entrepreneurs get to see that so that they can log in and, and see. And whilst they might not agree with all the feedback that we give, give them and share with them, at least they know where our decision comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think where we have recently improved, I think, is... When we look at a company from at that very early criteria screen, we call it the checking those three basic criteria. Initially, we've said we've sent them an email saying you're a bit too early for, for us. And I guess that's not particularly helpful. What does early mean? But now what we've done in the last couple of months is when we as a team are reviewing companies, we're putting in comments, everybody on the team puts in their comments as to why they think it's a bit too early if we do. And, and so that the entrepreneurs can get even more visibility. So 
Um, hopefully, we, you know, there's always improvements to be made, but we do try to be as transparent as, as possible with our entrepreneurs as where they are in that SIF process and the feedback. Because you're right, entrepreneurs fundraising, you yeah. get a lot of no's or, or actually even worse, they get lots of maybes or yeah. come back and tell me when we come yeah, back I, in a couple of months and update me. Whereas actually a no is easier than is more helpful than that um, but they often don't get the feedback and that's a lot of the work that we do under kind of our not-for-profit our mission related work is not all all down to our investment um, isn't you know it's not all on the investment team that that happens it's because we've got this broader organization and um, mission and values that, that that we make sure that that's an important part of our process um, I'm sure we can be even more transparent, but we try to yeah. be. I think we, we've we touched on some really interesting areas uh, already on, on, on the vodcast. I also want to touch on, um, you know, you're pretty successful. Um, you're doing very well as a business. Um, um, and you're finding those found, female founders and underrepresented founders, and you are helping them grow and succeed. So I, I, I suppose in a way that leads me to the, you know, are there particular verticals, are there particular businesses that you'd want to draw out that you, you could just highlight to the audience, Evie, where, where you're seeing that, that growth and that strength? Oh, interesting. Um, in fact, Astia's always, we've always performed our best, whether it's when we've been investing or prior to that, the companies that we were working with through an accelerator, when we worked across sectors okay so it sounds like a bit of a cop-out to your <laughs> to your question but in mm -hmm. fact we've always yeah our performance as investors has always been better and the companies that we worked with through accelerator have always performed better when we invested across sectors and and you know worked with companies across high growth sectors so yeah absolutely focused on investor returns so it's high growth businesses but yeah we have we have such a variety in our portfolio and because of the Astia community being so diverse and a large community, we're able to screen their deals and we're able to work with them post-investment. Um, yeah. You know, we've got the expertise to, to back that up and it actually, yeah, it, it hasn't ever skewed to one particular vertical. No. It's quite interesting. We'll get yeah. patterns of, um, when we're looking at the um, submissions that we get into Astia as a team, we'll get a few that are all in a, in a couple of weeks. We'll get a few that are all you know around a similar sector. We're like, like what's happened recently? Yeah, There's what's happened going. recently? It's quite yeah. like this week. It was sexual intimacy. There were a few in that area. I was like, why? It's just it's quite it's strange how coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, through a year different yeah. but I wouldn't I wouldn't say any particular ver verticals yeah. and because we've always performed best as investors when we've invested cross sector okay I, I suppose the flip side of that is you know any any kind of predictions maybe for the year ahead um we're you know are there going to be perhaps any any areas um, that you think could see more more investment for uh, you know i suppose as we apparently come out of the pandemic and things normalize and uh, are there you know 
is is a, an area that you, you you as a business internally you discuss and you think oh this could really happen or you know or, or do you just is, is it is it difficult to do that i'm just curious what, what yeah and so we might have read the same data because you were alluding to how much venture capital had been deployed already this year or raised this year. And yeah. um, I think it was CB Insights in terms of the amount of one dollar of every five has been invested into fintech. Um, yeah. And it was just like, I think that sector will just continue continue to, to boom. It's like, it, yes, it's quite broad in terms of what you know all the subsectors that fit fit yeah. under fintech but i think that that's just um just the way we now live and um, as a society has now changed you know yeah. not many places except coins anymore around where at least where i live you have to pay uh, everything yeah. in cards right. just okay. from a very basic level how the pandemic has changed how we, how we purchase as consumers well, the 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 sort of consolidation of different verticals yeah. uh, you know, it's going to morph it you know we, we're just going to see a lot of blurry lines as we move ahead in the next couple of years as to what yeah. big tech businesses are doing Do, you know are doing, they've, had yeah. in, they've had it in china for ten, five or ten years i think you know yeah. it's kind of, but i think now in europe and the uk especially that that's going to happen you know which is good um as it, but yes yeah, so then any other um any other little well, I think, well, just personal, this is not necessarily yeah. Astia, but um, view on things, but, um, you know, just how we as people have suffered over the last 18 months. I can't begin to think why mm. um, any solution, be that technical or non-technical, around people's mental health, um, yeah. why we wouldn't need more of that um, yeah. going forwards and out of this pandemic as we come out of it, fingers crossed, not back into it um, yeah. here in the UK. Um around mental health and how we deal with that how we support people and um, whether that, that that's children right through yeah. to to adults i just yeah from a personal perspective it, i can't it does, think it how does we seem can't to me that, that there's 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 a kind of you know exactly that area there's there hasn't been a you know and, and i'm i tend to we obviously focus on pre-seed to series a but I, you know, mm. I, I read a lot about the later stages and unless I'm not reading the right things there's, there's not really a, a big king of the hill or queen of the hill so to speak uh, yeah. in mental health like you know in music tech I mean something like it was Spotify and then SoundCloud and then you know uh, and there's always and it, the, unless I'm wrong is there a is there something that people, I mean, there's calm. I, but I was about to say there's calm and headspace, yeah. which I think, but that's kind of, it's, well, it's not really mm-hmm. gone. I'll, I'll take this opportunity to plug one of our Notwix uh, clients and also one Dude. of the Lao Ventures portfolio, um, which is SciTech, um, which just mm-hmm. uh, recently released their grief app um, yeah. as part of uh, the effort with... Um, Julia Samuel, MBE, VP of the British Association for Counseling and Psychotherapy, um, which I did a LinkedIn post about. But what yeah. are they called? I'm going to write it down. Sidekick? No. What did you say? So Side it's Psy Tech um, Psychological Technologies. It. Is it P Y S T? Yeah. Um, and they've done a new app called Grief Works, featuring Julia Samuel's uh, content. Yeah. Oh, interesting. There you go. 
And that wasn't an ale at all. I mean, I had, <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm completely innocent there. Um, but um, it, yeah, I mean, I, but I do think it is, it's still, and like, as you mentioned, uh, Evie, it's, there's still a long way to go in that whole space. You know, there's yeah. so much that we could do better um, through technology. In, 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 uh, and it, yeah, and it increasingly more so becomes a bigger and bigger problem in society that tech needs to fix so yeah yeah so, yeah thanks for that and, and and look you know you've met a lot of founders or you've been pitched to mm -hmm. um if you had a top tip of of uh, i suppose what to do and then maybe one what not to do um what would those two top tips from evie be um so one of them the to do would be always be in the mindset that you're fundraising so if you're ever in offered into, even if you're not about to close a round or leading up to a round, you're always fundraising, right? Investment is all about relationships. So you need to be building those relationships well before you think you're going to need them. And just the number of people that who are offered an introduction to me and say, oh, I'll, I'll let you know when I'll contact you when I'm fundraising again. So, mm. No, just talk to me now. Like you should be wanting to talk to me now because yeah. then we've started the relationship and then it's easy to pick that. Yes, by all means, update me when you are fundraising. So I think always being in that fundraising mindset and not just get the cash in the bank, just I'll that talk long talk to you when view. I need you. <laughs> yeah, I talk to you. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, always being in that fundraising mentality, which is all about thinking all about relationships um, and all is relationship driven. Um, okay. Okay. And then what not to do. I think as a female founder, I would be, oh, this is about going back to that it's about the ecosystem, not the pipeline being the problem, is that female founders do not need to be fixed and they should not <laughs> feel that they need to be fixed and that they're not the problem you know it's it's venture yeah. capital and it's the way we as investors behave and interact and and deploy our capital that needs to change so i would hate to think that, that i don't want female founders to be in the mindset that yeah. they're the ones that need to change and and quite frankly it's the opposite yeah that's a really good point um fantastic um and then You've mentioned children. Um, yes. Just kind of curious, is that outside of Astia? Do they take the whole EV mindset and 24-7? Or are there any things um, that when when you get that downtime, you know, books, Netflix, any any tips? Obviously, we're in the summer season. People apparently have a bit more time to to relax and uh... allegedly. <laughs> I know. I always think people always say, "Oh, the summer is quieter," but I don't know if that's ever yeah, true. I always like to think it's true, yeah. but yeah, not not so much. Unless yeah. maybe we should move to one of those continental European countries <laughs> that do it right and have a few weeks off that everyone yeah. leaves the office. Yeah. The yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think we used to do it at Wednesday afternoons here in the UK, didn't we? Yeah. The things were yeah. shut many years yeah. ago um, yeah. and we all could take some time out. Um, I love being by the sea. Um, so that can be with children. It can be not. Yeah. With, uh, it can be without them. They don't take up all my time. But yeah, um, children do take up quite a bit. But yeah, being by the sea, whether it's on the sea or in the sea. And I think yeah. I live in the you, southwest. You, you, live, you live in 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 near the sea 
ish. I live yeah. in the southwest, okay. um, yeah. so yeah. I I'm not going to spill too many secrets because this yeah. year it's all about trying to find the sea without all the other hundreds of people <laughs> that have yeah. come to the southwest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being by for mentally, but also just yeah. I think it's yeah, yeah being. Yeah. And out anything, of the um, office any, next to us. anything anything you're watching at the moment netflix amazon prime or sky i don't i don't get much time um but okay. because i work with american colleagues i don't get ah, much time nice. um in the week to yeah. sit down and watch netflix but um <laughs> what i am looking forward to trying to watch is baptiste series two on iplayer okay yeah i don't think anybody's mentioned that one yet no. There we go. Oh, so no. I think What's it only general, when did it start? Two weeks thing ago? with Baptiste. What, what, what's it's that? Crime. crime. Okay. Is it a, a famous actor or? He or is what? now. It, it, um, the character was, but it's okay. like a spin-off from Miss the Missing. Is it? I think. Anyway, is the the Missing and Baptiste? The, I think all the episodes from the previous. I I recommend it. It's good. Brilliant. What, okay. Watch The Missing first and then Baptiste. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay. But well, um, I'd love to think that. that I'd what, read a book before TV, but sometimes TV is just easier, isn't yeah. it, for the brain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Push it at me rather than... Yeah, exactly, <laughs> rather than... Yeah. All right, well, look, it's been great to catch up, Evie. Thank you. And you. Time. Thank and, you both. Uh, keep up the great work. And I'm sure, or I hope, I will see you at maybe a physical event yeah. in the Q4. That's pretty exciting. You yeah. never know. <laughs> <laughs>